Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Watching the Throne is presented by Film Colossus, where you can find in-depth analyses of movies, such as How Legolas is the Kobe Bryant of Middle Earth and Why the Night Before is the Ultimate Argument for Legalizing Marijuana. Check it out at FilmColossus.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win, I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. The lyrical analysis of County West. My name is Chris, five for six, Lambert. <laughs> Never ready for it. Uh, my name is Travis, 0 for 10, Bean. And today we are going to gather around the little lantern in our room, turn the lights out, tuck up our pillows, and do a little story time. <laughs> and who's our story with? Oh, why? It is a woman who is, happens to be the wife of a man that has appeared in this podcast. I bet you're wondering who it is. Who do you think it is, Chris? Uh, I'm going to say... We've only had one other guy. In, oh, no, we've had a few, actually. <laughs> That's a complete lie. <laughs> How many men have you had, Travis? <laughs> How many men have I laid with? <laughs> yes. Tell me. Tell me now. Uh, we have... Janie Contreras Johnson. Hello. I just ride the coattails of my husband. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's all I can do. I only said woman. it because I figured it would come up at some point. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> She's her own person, Travis. Exactly. Did you Thank get permission you. to be on this podcast? <laughs> you really should have introduced me as Mrs. Jordan C. Johnson. <laughs> it always cringe. I always cringe at that at weddings. Like, I know I have friends that do it and they like that stuff, but it just, it cringes me like, oh, you don't have an identity anymore? Cool. <laughs> I like gonna... that you cringe, but you do it yourself. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to refer to Jordan from now on as Mr. Janie. That is, that's better. That's progress. That's all we ask for. <laughs> I'm doing it too. <laughs> no joke. Well, today we have Mr. Janie on. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, so your story, eh? Um, My story, eh? Wow. Excited to hear it. When did you first encounter Kanye's music? Well, for all the shit I just talked, (laughs) (laughs) I, although I knew who Kanye was, I didn't really become a fan until my husband (laughs) became a fan. (laughs) Um, So Uh. I originally, I actually, I have been, I have been aware of Kanye since the beginning. Um, So my first exposure to Kanye was way back in middle school with Slow Jams. Hell yeah. So um, 
so that was that was the first time that I ever knew who Kanye was, and I liked Kanye for Slow Jams and Jesus Walks, because at the time I had friends that were interested in Kanye from like a radio perspective. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of Kanye in that perspective, and then I think like a lot of people, I fell off the Kanye train when he was presented as a crazy person in the media. <laughs> when he became a motherfucking monster. Yeah, exactly. Was that with the Taylor Swift thing or before after the George Bush thing and kind of building up? It to- was during uh, Katrina. So I watched the Mike Myers, Michael Myers, Mike Myers, um, Katrina event live as it unfolded on TV. Whoa. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching it. I remember feeling really bad for um, Mike Myers as I was watching it because I was like, God, this poor guy is just like sitting there trying to draw attention to Hurricane Katrina and this fucking psycho standing next to him is going to make it super uncomfortable. I've always wondered what Mike Myers said to Kanye once they cut away. Like, what was the conversation that took place there? And even now, still looking at it, it's brutal watching because his face is just like, he's shocked and appalled and just completely just, I feel like he goes pale. He's having visions in his mind of different exotic fishes and 30 white bitches. I wonder if in that moment he just saw the career path that Kanye was going to take. And he's like, he was like, shit, this guy's going to be fucking massive in like 10 years. <laughs> it was amazing watching his facial expressions. Just like the, oh, this is happening. This is happening. And then the cut to Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker's just like. Was it Chris Tucker or Chris Rock? Chris Tucker. Okay. I don't remember. Man, sexist and racist. <laughs> what is going on? We're bringing on? it all in. <laughs> yeah, damn. It's like that 30 Rock episode. You're Liz Is Lemon. there a disability thing that you could work into this episode? <laughs> what do I you just have? can't believe Chris Tucker was relevant then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more what it's about. Is Chris Tucker was relevant enough. <laughs> like that's, <But> yeah. <laughs> this was in the height of Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2. Before, was it really? Before Rush Hour 3, like, took... Some movie fan... <laughs> Uh, I assumed it was like post Rush Hour three. <laughs> no, Rush Hour three was like the largest piece of shit that I've. Okay, anyway, that's why I was. <laughs> that moment where like Kanye said, because you're, it's still brutal to watch because he stumbles over so many words and you're just like, oh, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah, and he just he goes silent. He, you know, he's just like looking at the camera, like he's looking at the audience for help. It's so brutal. Love and it. yet. That's where kind of Kanye was born as like a yeah. I wonder, the modern. I think it's like the modern. I think it's what invented modern Kanye is all of that. It's like it's like him breaking, hitting his breaking point, and just saying like I I cannot take any of this shit anymore. Like I just have to vocalize all of these things. And at the time, I had a big problem with it. Like I think many people did, still do. And as I discovered more and more of Kanye's music, I realized how important that aspect of Kanye is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think about the, we talked about the lines too, where he talks about the government giving black people AIDS. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have abandoned at this point taking it literally, because I don't know, I don't think maybe he does, but like to me, I don't read that line literally more. I see it as like, we feel so um, put down upon and so abandoned that 
it's really not that crazy to envision a government that's so against you that they're trying not to cure AIDS in the black community. Like he, they're doing everything they can to just uh, eliminate them. And I, I kind of sympathize with that feeling he's describing a lot of the times. Because I think he he becomes a response to everything that's being thrown at him. And I think that's something that's really admirable. And I think it's mm-hmm. something that's really misunderstood by the general public. Because even one thing that really bothers me is when I tell people that that I like Kanye, the first thing that a lot of people <laughs> tend to ask me is like, how can you be a feminist and like Kanye West? And like, he's, he calls women bitches. And like, how how is that okay? And... I just think it's, I think it's funny and I think it's sad because realistically, the way that I look at it is he's, he's all he is, is a reaction to all of these things. Like he's a reaction to hip hop culture. He's a reaction to the media. He's a reaction to politics. And like, so he's being his authentic self. And I don't, I don't happen to think that that authentic self is a misogynist. Like, Mm -hmm. right. No. And I think there's something interesting too, about like words have the meaning that we give them. Mm-hmm. And that's something like, oh, he's using the word bitch, but how he's using the word bitch isn't necessarily the way that other people have used it. And there's something about reappropriating terms. And he said himself that that's not that's not how he means it, and that's not how hip hop culture means it. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, he calls it a term of, of endearment. He's not using it as a negative phrase. I think too. Um, it reminds me of um, like another person who's constantly labeled a misogynist who I really love. And that's Charles Bukowski. Mm -hmm. And so he, he often wrote about women and his troubles with women and his, I guess, negative experience with some women. But he also backed that up. He also said that, you know, people labeled him, like a male chauvinist pig, but that they don't actually ask him whether or not he feels that way. And so like the way that he explains it is, is the way that I think of it with Kanye West in a very similar perspective, which is he, Charles Bukowski always just wrote his experience. So if his experience with a woman was bad, he was going to write it as bad. Just like he is, his experience with a man might be bad. He would write about it that way. So I think just like Kanye, if there's, all it is, all it comes down to is honesty. Mm-hmm. And so Kanye West is being a genuine person. He's being honest, and people don't like that. No, they do not. Yeah, nope. I mean, that explains a lot of, we've talked about a lot in the show. I think a lot of people's frustrations with Kanye kind of just come from themselves. Because I think a huge part of Kanye and why a lot of people end up liking him, at least I do anyway, is he gives me, like, he, he makes me, like think it's okay to believe in yourself like you Mm -hmm. can you if you think of yourself in this manner and like you really do propel yourself to these like crazy expectations like you can put yourself in the position to get there and the way Kanye does it is not being humble which makes a lot of people uncomfortable a lot of people are brought up thinking like you should be humble and uh, uh, sort of thankful for like all the people that have given you this path to like everything you've achieved and that's really not Kanye's way. Kanye's way, I, while I think he is thankful of other people, I think he kind of is also create your own path, create that ultra light beam, you know, become your own God, like set the path the way you want it. And I think a lot of people are just uncomfortable by that. Like they don't like their artists to be uh, going against the grain of how, you know, how they believe you should act around other people. 
And I think, too, I think part of it is this weird systemic racism where not only do we have somebody who um, is really outspoken, where generally society feels like you shouldn't be outspoken who who are you to be outspoken mm-hmm. right that's that's typically the question but on top of that you add you add another layer of racism where it's who is this black man to be outspoken and to go ag- and to call out um white racism or racism in the media like that's not okay you shouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. both things it's funny that you would say that people have a trouble with you being a feminist and liking kanye but when you look at what black culture has had to go through with racism and the know your role kind of place of that, same with women, of like know your role, your role is not to speak up, your role is not to have a voice that's heard. And Travis, what you're saying, like Kanye is breaking through that saying, you can make your voice heard, you should make your voice heard, and you don't have to follow the prescribed path, which is kind of the same thing, like, Within the black community, you don't have to be what the white people want you to be. And for women, you don't have to have the roles that men think you should have. So there seems to be very much a commonality in the goals of both movements uh, within what Kanye is saying and doing. I think, too, it's interesting that... Um, people don't actually look at his music for any kind of guidance on whether or not he hates women. I think if you look at songs like you guys talked in in the episode on Gold Digger that he actually like he flips that script. Mm-hmm. He's not he doesn't just he doesn't just say that all women are gold diggers. He actually shows some kind of empathy and sympathy for women who who might resort to gold digging. Right. So you take something like that and you take a song like Hey Mama and. You, to me, that's evidence that that's not somebody who who's writing from a, a misogynistic perspective. Right. Yeah, it's it's a ridiculous claim, but I I understand people being sensitive to words. It's just I don't think the word bitch necessarily has the same history as other terms. Um, that using that in a way that it can't be changed on its head a bit to where it's now a little more playful than what it once was or how people had kind of intended to say it. Now it's kind of harmless at this point. Right. I mean, maybe that's my case. Maybe it's not harmless for um, women that hear it. And maybe it's still a word that's very, I don't know, negative, but... Yeah, I think that that just, for me anyway, it comes back to um, the Charles Bukowski quote, which he actually, he says, like, I'm going to quote Charles Bukowski, but he says, sure, I make women look bad sometimes, but I make men look bad too. I make myself look bad. If I really think it's bad, I say it's bad. Man, woman, child, dog. I think it's the same thing where it's like you're just you're writing from a perspective that you know, um, you're writing from a perspective that that you've experienced, and so I I don't think that there's anything wrong with somebody g- genuinely being honest. Like if if we're saying that that's a bad thing, right. I'm 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 not okay with that. Yeah, not <laughs> wanting honesty in our art that would be. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. So where did your relationship with Kanye go from there as you kind of have this radio relationship with him and then you realize like, oh, this is a crazy person and you dismiss him? Yeah. So (laughs) I, um, yeah, it's kind of weird because I became a Bush supporter, (laughs) which is very, it's very funny to me now, but, um, but. Based on what Kanye said, you became a Bush supporter or just. (laughs) 
Well, I think it kind of happened, you know, at the same time. You just felt but, bad um, for <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bush. Aw. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I say that because I think it kind of prefaces the way that I was thinking at the time, <laughs> which um, was, I think, for, if I'm being honest, I think was misguided. You were young um, and so, stupid. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. All you Bush supporters. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, um, so when I when I saw all of this kind of unfolding in the media, with first the Mike Myers thing, which I consider more of a Mike Myers thing more than a George Bush thing. I think the George Bush. <laughs> Although the way George Bush talks about it now it makes me really sad. <laughs> so, I. I felt bad for what I thought were the victims, which were Mike Myers and then George Bush and then Taylor Swift. Um, and so for that, I think feeling bad for all those people really was a stumbling block for me. I, I felt like, who was this person? And I think I myself was suffering from some kind of systemic racism too, because I would think like this asshole like he's getting all this fame and all this fortune and he's like featured on magazines and he can't just be happy with it like he has to be outspoken and rock the boat and like I don't know I was I was a teenager that's my excuse (laughs) and so it was really hard for me to then transition to seeing value in his music and how that started was just because my husband started listening to him and at first because i'm very adversarial to my loved ones <laughs> i was like you're an idiot what are you doing this guy is stupid um and and then one day i caught a glimpse of the runaway video mm. and i was i was like i was watching the video with jordan and i was like this guy is doing so much with all these different art forms. And I was like, this guy can't be stupid. Like, this guy is doing something. Like, it's there's something happening here. Do you mean the short so, film or the just the... The short film. Okay. Yeah. So that that was one of my the first times that I ever thought, like, oh, this guy is deeper than I'm giving him credit for. And combined with all of the lights listening to all of the lights which which I, I had experienced the, those I had experienced songs from him throughout the way like throughout the the time that I didn't like him mm-hmm. and I thought they were fine like they were fine you know they were radio songs or whatever um, but then listening to all of the lights after I had gotten a glimpse of runaway um, changed my my perspective because then I started trying to look at things at different layers and trying to look at themes and trying to look at the way that he's using words and then eventually that turned into looking at how he's using samples and realizing like this guy is something else Mm -hmm. yeah i think he's kind of on a i he's kind of ruined music for me in a lot of ways where i feel like he's on that level in ways most artists i've connected with like deeply over the years don't even do like i like love modest mouse to death like i i listened to it right when i was like 20 like that prime age when like a like a one band can just change the way you think about everything mm-hmm. and i don't think i could even come close to assigning what they do to what all the layers kind of has yeah um i think too with kanye like just i feel like there's 
every time that I listen to to a, to a song by Kanye, no matter how many times I've already listened to it, there's something else that I pick up on, mm-hmm. and there's like another another perspective to look at it from, and it it's it's hard even to try to like dumb the music down for myself. If I just want to listen to something that I feel like is positive, like power. I almost can't because I can't, I can't strip away what I already know about it. Mm-hmm. He's uh tough in that regard, right? Like even something, I guess you get like champion or touch the sky. You can just kind of hopefully get the positive vibes from it. But once you start thinking about the music with all those layers, it becomes something you kind of crave from <laughs> the yeah. rest of the music yeah. you listen to. <laughs> I also think it's crazy that everybody writes him off, but his influence on literally all art is so prevalent that I feel like how you must be blind if you don't see this. You know, <laughs> like if you listen to modern music or even now fucking fashion, walking into a fucking H&M, like you see <laughs> season three, every, you, shit, you see season two and one like everywhere. <laughs> Um, like, I just, I, I don't know. It's very <laughs> difficult for me to comprehend how there's still so many people that, are, that just write him off. Stubborn fuck. I mean, it shouldn't be because I was relatively recently there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the interesting things that we tend to forget about celebrity is that many of them at the time that they're alive, whether they're successful or not, are not universally loved. And even if they are universally loved, that doesn't last forever, too. Look at Michael Jackson. Um, look at as much as people loved Prince and mourned Prince dying, like Prince still wasn't really all that relevant for a while for as huge as he was. And even Paul McCartney at this point, there's kind of like this, this weird disposableness to a celebrity that's alive and always haters that exist. And to witness somebody that's that huge at the time where they're burning bright brightest and hearing all the negativity that comes through that, it'll be interesting because people probably 50 years from now or 20 years from now won't have the same kind of negativity towards him that people now have. I think, too, even after this whole Taylor Swift thing, I I see a lot less hate for him in my feed. um, I, I used to see, I used to see all these fucking posts about how stupid he is. And I remember one time seeing um, somebody say, uh, hashtag autotune is not singing, <laughs> which I was like, okay, you're really fucking late on this. But um, terrible hashtag, not only, too. <laughs> right? That's not, it's like one hashtag used. I don't know. So, um, so I used to see that stuff all the time. And I feel like now after this whole Taylor Swift thing, people are finally getting a glimpse that the Kanye that they thought they knew isn't really the Kanye that, that he is. And I think Kim leaking those videos was one of the best things that they could have, that could have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Man, like you even bringing up autotune, like that's case in point, like 808s and heartbreak came out and everyone was just like, what is this piece of shit? Like yep. self-indulgent, like auto-tune. And look what it did. Like now we have Drake, we have XX, and we have Bon Iver. Exactly. Like, Fucking influence everywhere. <laughs> I remember loving that album and feeling weird because so many people were hating it. I was just like... <laughs> I wasn't someone who hated it, but I mean, it wasn't... I mean, at the time, I was just listening to Kanye for running purposes. <laughs> so it's not like I've put on 808s and But I was kind of in that state. Like, I don't want to listen to this. Like, why would I do that? To be fair, I don't I don't really care for 808s. I think it's fine, oh but I don't it's not one of my favorites. Mm. I think I think it's second tier to Kanye for me still. Ooh. I used to think yep. that. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. So did Jordan. Maybe you should have your husband explain to you why it's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> um, so what influence have you seen, Con- uh, or influence and impact have you seen Kanye have on your life and are you going about? You've mentioned it a little bit, like just going around, you're seeing much more. You're viewing the world through Kanye, like he inspired this and he inspired <laughs> it's a beautiful this. Time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So not only am I looking like, it's so weird because I I was always interested in art. Art has always been a really important part of my life. I I love film. I love novels. I love poetry. um, I love music all ever since, since I can remember. I mean, like art has always been a huge role in my life. It's, it's helped me through like horrible, horrible shit in my childhood. And like, it's been there all the time. So it's not like I was new to art, but so Kanye didn't introduce me to art. Kanye introduced me to looking at art differently. Kanye introduced me to a way that like of looking at art through layers that I never thought somebody could combine. Mm. It's like I listen to music and I hear great melodies and I hear great words and I hear these two things like coupled together and creating something beautiful but then if I look at it through the scope of Kanye I'm looking at every single instrument playing a purpose and every single word choice and word placement playing a purpose and not only that but the placement of the song within the context of the album how does that how does how how does all of that combine and then you add artwork and then you add marketing and you add <laughs> all of these different things and it creates something completely different it's like it's like the most massive artwork that you could ever imagine you know and and it gets it gets bigger and bigger like it's not even like it ends there it just keeps growing and growing mm-hmm. i think that is the biggest thing that that kanye has given me is like this new perspective of the world and of art which is fantastic and i think that's hopefully going to be something that other people especially other artists are picking up on well and not even artists but that people start demanding from music Mm -hmm. like instead of wanting like boots with the fur which is a great song but like uh just these kind of like throwaway radio hip hop tracks or just throwaway rock tracks that are like sexual innuendo. Is not that fun? But something that has much more artistry to it, mm-hmm. like demanding that from the music that we get that's popular would be fantastic. Absolutely. It just feels genuinely crafted. Yep. It's like, I can't say that about all music. I don't, I don't feel like all music comes like directly from one person's vision. Like I do about Kanye. And I feel like that, that, that extends to everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's insane. Even watching, even watching keeping up with the Kardashians now is completely different to me because I'm like every time <laughs> that I see him, I was like, what did he have? What did he have to do with this? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything you've said is, I, I completely agree with all of this, and I, it almost makes me, to me, the most important thing I've learned from Kanye is, uh, is how conscious he is of his brand. So everything you've mentioned is feeding into his brand, ex- how he's shaping the perception of him, which probably hasn't worked the way he wanted with a lot of people because so many people hate him. But the people he's speaking to, I think it is working, and the idea that the music is almost just another facet of it all like he's not just a musician he's fashion designer he's an artist he's a philosopher he's 
you know, he's a motivational speaker. Like he's all these things, like all of that feeds into this image he's trying to project of, you know, believe in yourself, like go after your dreams, all that. I mean, it's what good music stands for. Yeah. And that's exactly the other, the next phase of what I think Kanye has, the impact that Kanye has left on my life is like that feeling that you don't have to be trapped by what society thinks that you should be. Mm -hmm. Um, which I feel like is, it's such a, it's such a foreign concept. You know, there's, I can't, I can't think of many examples of somebody living that, Mm -hmm. you know, I can think of examples of people saying that. Um, but to actually witness somebody doing that and, and, and literally using all the power that they have to, to, to project themselves onto everything that they do, regardless of what people say or think, I think is absolutely inspiring. Yeah. I mean, think about the guy living it. It's Kanye West, like the, one of the biggest people in the world is transcending these notions, like somebody you would expect to be sort of constricted by them. Like we've talked about, like on talk shows all the time, we see these people giving these very safe and PRE answers and Kanye's the opposite. He doesn't do that. He's like speaking to the audience. He's connecting. And if Kanye West can do that, like why can't you, I and Chris do that? Like what, there's nothing stopping you from just being yourself and like living the way you want to. I think too, it's like, it was really, it was especially important to me because he was, he was this black man doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not, that's not okay, typically. (laughs) And like, I'm, I'm a Hispanic woman, you know what I mean? Like I, I identify as like a minority. Mm -hmm. And so to see somebody who's, who is especially not encouraged to, to be vocal and to be loud, um, it was, it was even all the more inspiring to me. Mm And I love, I love people that go against the grain. I mean, like my idols are like Courtney Love and Charles Bukowski (laughs) and people who, people who were hated or are hated. Um, And so, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's different Mm -hmm. because he just, he fills this void. Yeah. I love Kanye. (laughs) Me too. I love the old and the new Kanye. All All Kanye's. Uh, There we go. What uh? So what are your top five? My top five. Um. Okay. So top. Okay. This is hard. <laughs> it's impossible. It's really, really fucking hard. <laughs> I'm glad I've never however, had to do it. <laughs> however, I do know my all-time favorite Kanye song, and actually my all-time favorite song. Period. Whoa. I think. I know. Should we build up to it? All right. Fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> number five is currently a tie between Fade and Famous both so good um yep both so good and both so opposite of each other and that's why like it's difficult for me to pick a pick a (laughs) pick a favorite between those two because i feel like they serve such different purposes but anyway so that's number five what are the if you don't mind asking what are those two different purposes i feel like famous is it's this person who is accepting the the agreement that you're kind of entering when you are famous Mm -hmm. so like watching the video and seeing all these people together and recognizing that they're all one in the same and that they all basically work together just like just like the way kanye works with the paparazzi and seeing him um literally understand and acknowledge the fact that they're helping each other Mm -hmm. you know like they're not they're not enemies they're both one in the same so that's famous and then to me fade is more of somebody accepting 
who they are, their genuine self, getting, stepping, stripping away all of the stuff that, all of the fake stuff and becoming and accepting who you really are. Hmm. I like that. So those are, that's, that's five. Number four is blood on the leaves. Um, Chris is happy about that. Well, I mean, who wouldn't be? It's so great. (laughs) That sample, I can't like, I just, the first time I heard it, it was in the car and I was like, is that person saying what I think that they're saying? Because I wasn't familiar with the song at the time. And then I looked it up and I was like, wait, he's using this in a song about a relationship? Like, what what does that mean? And then like looking deeper into it, like, God, it just blew my mind. Yep. So Blood on the Leaves. And then Power, which... Power is tough to, it's one of those songs that I feel like is really tough to step away from what I, what I, um, what I perceive the meaning to be, which is a much darker meaning. I mean, you guys covered it in your episode, but, um, but at the same time, power served like such a big, important step or no, it just, it, it held a really big place in my heart for a long time just because of how positive the lyrics are. Mm. So I, I just remember being back in the time where I was just listening to the words and like feeling the words really resonate with me because it was during a time that I worked at a job that I was really bad at. Oh. <laughs> and so like hearing these words from somebody who they just felt so encouraging and it felt like this, like it just, you, you just got pumped up and amped up. Oh yeah. So I had to, that one's still up there for me. Number two <laughs> is, uh, is Monster, which is a funny story because I used to listen to Monster so much that, and I would find myself just like hitting the back button on my phone <laughs> so I could listen to it again. And I got lazy and I got sick of doing that. So I just downloaded a second version. And now, so my album on my phone has Monster twice. (laughs) (laughs) So when I listen to it, I still just let it go. Like, I just listen to it twice. (laughs) So that's that's that. And then my top five, or my top, my number one, and the song that I consider to be my favorite song of all time at this current moment is FML. Ooh. Love FML. Yeah, that's a great song. I think it's so, God, it's just, it's so hurt. It's so, oh, it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, I think Jordan mentioned, I can't remember if it was on the episode or not, but at one point Jordan mentioned how he doesn't really, the the last three songs are such a downer that he doesn't, he just prefers to listen to the beginning of the album. <laughs> and I strangely have this different reaction to it to where I'll listen to the whole album when I go on a run. And I kind of get pumped, strangely, when FML comes on. And just because of what it's representing and, like, all the work that goes in leading up to that point, like, for some weird reason, like, I get going when FML comes on. And, like, I'm really into, like, what he's doing. Like, it is sad and tragic, but at the same time, there's so much power to it that I just kind of feast on it. Also, I think it's really empowering in in, in its own lyrics. Like, just talking about how even if... You know, the, one of the one of the lines is something like, um, um, like even if I fuck up my life, like I'm the only one that gets to talk about mm-hmm. it. Like it's not it's not on it's not up to anybody else, you know. And I think I think that is actually really empowering, mm-hmm. even though it's such a tragic song. Yeah. Those last three, like, it is funny that 
they are down, so I, I get why Jordan <laughs> would feel that way. But it's such like an earned conclusion and such a yeah. metamorphosis that FML into Wolves is, I think, for me, the most beautiful stretch of music that I've encountered outside of like listening to Carmina Burana all the way through. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's great. Um, that song was big for me, too. What's the line he sent? Something about uh, Mention Me? What was it? Only I Can Mention Me. I think that's what you were speaking to, Janie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the weekend's line. But to me, that song yeah. really opened up the floodgates for me, kind of realizing that a lot of the album, too, has to do with uh, public perception and specifically, like, social media and how people mm-hmm. completely abuse Kanye and Kim online. The idea that only I can mention me getting at the, you know, mentioning on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> and I also think it's, yeah, no, sorry, go oh, ahead. Oh, no, it's just, it, it was just, for that so, that section of the song to me, it just suddenly, like, felt, I felt all the hurt that must come from, like, so many people, m- literally millions of people rooting against you and your relationship and hoping that it fails. Yeah, and then Weekend just, like, basically admitting that, like he he does fuck up his own mm-hmm. life like that does happen it's absolutely happened and it's absolutely true but even if so like it doesn't matter you're not allowed to talk about it crazy yeah mm. so that guy when you first heard the song was like the love for it immediate or was it something that yeah honestly the first the first time i, I heard it i stopped <laughs> i was just like because it, when, when weekend started i was like shit like this the vocals and the music like everything just like just just stopped me dead in my tracks and i i listened to it over and over and over again mm-hmm. um and then it it was it was definitely my favorite on the album initially and well i mean obviously it still <laughs> is but <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> if we're not counting silver surfer intermission it's your favorite <laughs> yes <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it too. And it's definitely up there uh, for my favorites on this album. Ah, okay, fine. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> I love it too. Um, any other questions you want to ask, Travis? Hmm. How much do you know about wrestling? Well, <laughs> I... Used to love wrestling. <laughs> I don't know much about wrestling now, uh, but man, I know nothing now. I know literally zero. Two thousand, like two thousand two, two thousand three. <laughs> Shit, even before that, like nineteen ninety eight to two thousand three, I was all in for wrestling. So for wrestling, were you watching wrestling and Jordan was just like looking off in another direction? He like went in another room. To read I can a book? actually <laughs> tell you what Jordan was doing. <laughs> At that age, he was into SpongeBob SquarePants. I love SpongeBob. And I mean, <laughs> I do too, but he would also wear, he was also into uh, Smash Mouth, <laughs> and he would wear really brightly colored clothing. And you knew him which, then? Um, I did not know okay. him. I just know his history. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I mean, the rest of the world knows his history, so. So it's you're welcome, Jordan. Is he the one person I could talk to about how great of a song Pet Names is? He, you know what? He knows all the words to um. God, what's that horrible song? That Smash Mouth song. You're an all star. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> walking is on the sun. Is it All Star? There were two huge ones that they did. It was Walking on the Sun, All Star, and then maybe they had a, a last one. So were you a huge Smash Mouth fan too? I like their first album a lot. <laughs> so yeah, he was he he'll know he knows all the lyrics to it. Like still to this Will day. Will he defend it? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we should do an episode Maybe on a Smash not. Mouth. Oh, you should. That'd be great. I mean, not explain a compare it. contrast. <laughs> Smash no, Mouth not even do that. Just talk about a Smash Mouth son. I'm down. Pet names. Let's do pet names. <laughs> Though nobody would care. Let's do All Star. <laughs> no, but Kanye would say, "Do what you want to do." That's Fuck true. It. Pet names. Actually, yeah. you know what? If we get Kanye in the show, which Kanye, if you're listening, just three, four, maybe thirty hours of your time, we'll get you on here and we'll talk about a Smash Mouth son. Kanye, if you're listening, I am so sorry about all the stuff I said at the beginning of the episode. I was an idiot, and I only said it because I'd no longer think that. We all know George so. Bush hated black people, so. Yes, now we all know. We all know. Kanye, if you're listening, meet me around back. Oh, God. <laughs> Does that mean, like, asshole? <laughs> I guess it Well, could. he just I... bleached it, so it should be ready to go. <laughs> I thought we would just go like sneak off and get ice cream or something. <laughs> Are you talking about Jay-Z or Kanye? Kanye. Okay. Always Kanye. Jay-Z. I'm excited to bring you on for Monster, actually. Ugh. I think we might have differing opinions on his verse. Oh, I know we do. <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking hear it all the goddamn time. <laughs> Even Jordan is like, oh, I just hate I just hate him. <laughs> I did not expect this spike in anger. It makes me so mad. So wait, are you and Jordan of the camp that that verse isn't very good? Well, he, we used to be, um, but Jordan now has changed his oh, mind. Okay, so you'll be alone good. on yeah. that one. He thinks he thinks it's very important, <laughs> and I think he's very stupid. You think I'm stupid too, then? Yep. Mm-hmm. You think all of us are stupid? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll fight you about it. All right. Good. I mean, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> good old three-on-one match. <laughs> I'm sure the Undertaker took Fair on odds. three people before. <laughs> oh, nice! I'm the Undertaker in this scenario. I love it. You are. I'll be mankind. <laughs> oh, good. Then you'll be easy be to take down. <laughs> you'll be even easier. That leaves Jordan as gold dust. <laughs> he can. <laughs> Beautiful. <sighs> Have fun with Wrestling. that. Well, thanks for telling us your story, eh? Yeah. Totally. That's a good one. I think it's probably time we go to bed, though. It's like midnight now. and Hours. Mom's probably yelling at me that we're still up talking about your story. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you go do that. <laughs> she probably made you dinner. Ready. Um, remember to go rate us on iTunes. That's probably important somehow for how we rank. So please help. Yeah. We'd appreciate that. And then you can find us on social media things, combining the words, either watching the throne or Kanye and podcast. Yeah. Shoot us whatever message you want. We'll read it and probably talk about it. Yes. <laughs> and then you can uh, also hear Janie on our all of the lights episode. So stay tuned for that. Coming up in a few days. Yep. All right. Well, goodbye, Janie. <laughs> goodbye. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Goodbye, Travis. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, 
It's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code FREE, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code FREE. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code FREE. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors, LLC, and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks.